0: Hey everybody, I'm Beth Davis, and welcome back to Teachable Tuesday. This is week 11 of our Bible study on the Gospel of John, which means today is John chapter 11. So grab a Bible, let's read and pray, shall we? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. Martha. Mary was the one who had anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother, Lazarus, was ill. So the sister sent a message to Jesus Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha, and her sister, and Lazarus. After having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed there two days longer in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, "'Let us go to Judea again.' The disciples said to him, "'Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you, "'and are you going there again?' Jesus answered, "'Are there not twelve hours of daylight?' but they thought that he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go, that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him while Mary stayed at home. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he's been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took the stone away. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews therefore who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what he had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the council and said, what are we to do? This man is performing many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him and the Romans will come and destroy both our holy place and our nation. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was a high priest that year, said to them, you know nothing at all. You do not understand that it is better for you to have one man die for the people than to have the whole nation destroyed. He did not say this on his own, but being high priest that year, he had prophesied that Jesus was about to die for the nation, and not for the nation only, but to, gather, but to gather into one the dispersed children of God. So from that day on, they planned to put him to death. Jesus therefore no longer walked about openly among the Jews, but went from there to a town called Ephraim in the region near the wilderness, and he remained there with the disciples Now the Passover of the Jews was near, and many went up from the country to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. They were looking for Jesus and were asking one another as they stood in the temple, What do you think? Surely he will not come to the festival, will he? Now the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that anyone who knew where Jesus was should let them know so that they might arrest him. Father God, we love you, we praise you, we thank you, we welcome you here. Send us again your Holy Spirit to infuse our minds with understanding, to open our spiritual ears to hear you, Lord, to soften our hearts and and increase our capacity to receive uh, the beauty the goodness, the perfect love that you display in this chapter. For Lazarus, for Mary, for Martha and for us. we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, friends, I have a confession to make. I have many takeaways, but I chose one. And really there was only one choice there was one verse for me this week that just rose above the rest and we'll get to that in one second but first I'd love to tell you a little bit of an embarrassing story and believe me I'm gonna set up my point here (laughs) Um, as you may know a couple of weeks ago we came back from the Midwest Revival Tour. And it's such a beautiful time of worship, of adoration, and on the first night of the revivals, we always have a Eucharistic procession. And it's such a beautiful experience to kneel in the back of the church, that's my favorite place to be, so that I can um, see Jesus the whole time, and so that I can see the women encountering Jesus face to face in the Blessed Sacrament. And uh, we had a a brand new to us chaplain in this particular city. And so in our little meeting beforehand, as we're going through all the liturgical things, I said, Father, um, how are you feeling about time during the procession? Do you need a little help? Are you going to check your watch? Do you have a clock in the church? Are you not worried? I'm not that worried, but I'd like to be as helpful as I can be. In fact, in the past, I've had priests ask me to kneel in the back of the church, my spot, And uh, when they process by me I just whisper the time it's like it's not very fancy but it gets the job done but it seemed like I thought uh, he didn't need that cue right I I thought he was pretty confident about his watch etc so we're in the procession that night I'm kneeling in the back in my favorite place to pray and I'm having a real moment With the Lord as as Jesus is processing through the room and he's coming closer to me um, I'm just beginning to sort of lower some of the guards that that I perceived that I had up that night and I began in my heart to just relate very honestly to the Lord um, a, a really painful thing and tears sprang to my eyes as I as I finally spoke to the Lord honestly from my heart about this situation and my face showed it, right? I, I kind of have a cry face. I'm like looking at Jesus longingly, lovingly. I'm having this very intimate private moment with the Lord. And, and then I notice, in the midst of my weeping, um, this priest is actually peeking out from the side of the monstrance and he's mouthing to me in an exaggerated way, what time is it? and I had I had missed it completely I mean I was just in it with the Lord you know and I was so embarrassed I'm like wiping away tears and of course I don't have a watch so I'm I'm my phone's down here I'm tapping my phone and then you know this is all very clumsy I'm saying to the father father it's you know 830 whatever it was but I spent the rest of the knife the rest of the night just you know, between being just absolutely mortified and also laughing, you know? And maybe you've had an experience like that too. Sometimes our tears can feel, well, embarrassing. Um, it seems like it's just not the right time to, to get emotional. Maybe that's at work. Maybe that's in a heated conversation and you would really rather stay composed. Um, sometimes those tears, they come out of nowhere. Right, you're, you're thinking about something that happened a long time ago or a song comes on the radio and suddenly your eyes well with tears. Sometimes it's just really poor timing, isn't it, when, when those tears spring to our eyes. But friends, I, I want to tell you today that tears are nothing to be ashamed of. Tears are a good and beautiful gift from God. Nothing to be ashamed of. And do you know how I know that? Because Jesus cried too. Jesus weeps, in fact, in this chapter. In John chapter 11, verse 35, Jesus began to weep. You know, other translations, uh, it simply says Jesus wept. That's the whole verse, John eleven thirty-five. 35. That's how important it is that the Son of God sheds Tears, And in that moment, he sanctifies. That means he makes holy our tears. He sanctifies. He makes holy our grief. Our, our grief over our losses, over disappointment. You see, when Jesus became man, when God became man at the incarnation, he entered fully into our humanity, which means he entered into our grief. He enters into our human experience of of crying tears. Your tears, your grief is sacred to the Lord. It's an occasion of intimate communion with Him. You don't weep alone. You don't cry those tears alone. In fact, I think that aloneness or loneliness that we feel at times uh, when we're mourning, when we're afraid, when we're disappointed i think that that grief is compounded by the belief that it's all up to us that nobody feels or understands like we do we feel like we're alone but john 11:35 says we're never alone again you're never alone when you you cry because jesus has entered into has blessed and and embraces you in your tears Jesus weeps with you so tears are an occasion for intimate communion with the Lord and really that's what I want to share with you today I want to invite you uh, to a new way of relating your heart to the Lord perhaps um, a new concept even I want to teach you how to grieve with hope how to grieve with with hope meaning that you're no longer alone in that sadness in in your fear in your disappointment you're no longer alone so you're able to grieve with the hope that jesus the son of god the one who can do the impossible who can raise the dead who did raise lazarus who he himself rose from the dead that same jesus is with you in your grief that same jesus is crying with you he's shedding tears with you and that my friends is why we never have to uh, grieve alone anymore we can grieve with hope because the God of the universe the compassionate beautiful love of Jesus is with us when we cry you see Jesus wasn't uh, crying out of despair he wasn't hopeless standing before the tomb he had entered fully into the grief he he cried out of love and sympathy for Mary and Martha whom he loved scripture tells us and Lazarus that's one of my favorite verses in this chapter I'm, I'm cheating and, and adding in a second verse this is verse 5 accordingly though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus After having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. I spent weeks, um, just a few years ago, praying with that verse. Though he loved Mary, Martha, and her sister, and Lazarus, he still stayed away for those two days. It's a great mystery, our own suffering. And that's why it's important that we don't try to understand or endure suffering alone and we don't have to because Jesus fully enters into it he weeps with us and so on to grieving with hope I want to introduce you or maybe reintroduce you to a prayer practice called Ignatian contemplation and I think this gospel this chapter in particular is a, a rich opportunity to enter in imaginatively to the scene And so what I want you to do this week is to stand, to say, and to see. Okay? I love a little alliteration. Helps us to remember. Hopefully it's just very simple. Those three words will help you, maybe in adoration this week, uh, maybe in your personal prayer time, to enter into John 11, bring your Bible with you, read John 11 again, and to stand, to say, and to see. When I say stand, what do I mean? Are you literally standing in prayer? No. In the practice of Ignatian contemplation, I wanna invite you to enter in imaginatively to the scene. And I wanna pick up where uh, Mary and Martha have led Jesus to the tomb, and he's standing before the tomb. And the mourners are there, uh, Lazarus's sisters are there, that's where Jesus weeps, stand there with him. I want you to get a clear picture of that tomb, whatever it looks like to you. I want you to, um, to feel the heat on your skin, to smell the dirt, maybe the sweat in the air. I want you to hear the mourners around you fully um, enter into that scene. We want it to be uh, to come to life, right? to be enfleshed for us. And I want you to stand not alone, but to stand next to Jesus, to stand next to him outside the tomb. And as you do, I want you to identify what that tomb represents in your life. What is that tomb? What is in that tomb that has died? What's in that tomb that that you're grieving, that you feel separated from, that you've lost hope for? Stand before it and name it. And then I want you to say it. I want you to relate your heart honestly to Jesus, to tell him what's in that tomb, to tell him what it means to you, to tell him how much it hurts, how angry you are, how confused, how alone you felt. But again, you're staying in that image, standing next to Jesus before the tomb, and then you're honestly, vulnerably sharing your heart. Maybe you are, like me, deeply grieving the horrific tragedy this past week uh, at an elementary school in Uvalde Texas maybe uh, someone that you love is suffering deeply maybe it's you with chronic illness or a, a terminal diagnosis maybe it's a broken relationship or lost friendship perhaps it's just the stress of everyday life and you feel like you've lost your heart you've you've lost your your strength or your hope maybe it's a a heartbreak a disappointment a missed opportunity from 15 years ago but it keeps coming up it keeps coming back friend can I tell you there is no grief there's no sadness too small or too big or too old to bring to Jesus in prayer to say to Jesus In prayer, but while you're there standing before the tomb, I want you to look at Jesus and to say it to Him, to speak from your heart. You don't have to use fancy prayer language. Speak from your heart and say everything that's in your heart. Tell Him what happened, who was there, how you felt, how you've dealt with it all this time, how you had hope but you lost it. Go into detail, get it all out. Say it there before the tomb. And before Jesus himself and then see see him through the eyes of faith not your natural eyes but the eyes of faith see Jesus there in the Gospels see uh, his face contorted in uh, in love in sympathy as he enters into your grief See his look of love that he's never turned away. He's never looked away from you. See that he weeps with you, that he weeps for you, that he weeps for your loved ones, that you're not alone in your grief. Give your tears to Jesus. And I understand you can't force these things, right? You can't make yourself cry. especially with some of these older wounds that feel a little stiff, right? There's kind of a guard up. We have layers, years of, um, of, of defense mechanisms around those things. That's okay. Keep standing there. Keep saying it. Keep seeing Jesus there with you. Keep looking at him. We, we hear um, the sisters, Mary and Martha, in the gospel, they repeat themselves, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. He doesn't get tired of you repeating yourself. You need to say it as much as often, in as many um, tones, with all of the feelings. Keep saying it. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Lord, if you had been there, that would not have happened. Lord, if you had been there, I wouldn't have. Lord, if you had been there, Fill in that sentence for yourself. Stand before the tomb. Speak from your heart. Say the true things that you're feeling, not the ones you wish you felt, but but tell him everything. And then see the tears on Jesus' face and give him your tears. Friends, I want you to have the experience of, of these mourners, who, when they observe the tears of Jesus, this is um, this is uh, verse 36, right after Jesus began to weep, they're seeing the tears of Jesus wet on his face, and they say, "See how he loved him! See how he loved him!" And I want you to see how he loves you, because whether you know it or not, your suffering, the suffering of the people you love the most, the suffering of the souls in the whole world mean more to Jesus than they do to you. He loves them more than you do. He loves you more than you can possibly imagine. I want you to, to be with him this week, maybe in adoration, where you can actually lay your eyes on him, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist and, and see his look of love see those tears wet his face and see how he loves you amen i would love 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 to hear your takeaway in the comment let me pray for you give you a little blessing unite our hearts with the heart of mary in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen hail mary full of grace the lord is with thee blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb jesus Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, friends. Can't wait to chat with you next week all about John chapter 12. God bless you. Goodbye.